When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oh, oh, actually, now I'm unmuted. Hello, guys. This was quite an introduction to the show as well. I think that that's what John was working on because he's, he told us to wait like five minutes. So I'm assuming that's what he was finishing. Hello, Mario. You are very cheerful today. Very glad. I Is that because Yannick Sinner won ATP Beijing? <laughs> uh, yeah, actually, I, I can't deny that uh, I am, I'm happy with, with his performance, with the way he, he got the title because... You know, he, he won his first master, Masters title um, a couple of months ago. But, you know, uh, this time also was, was very important because even if it's, you know, not... It, it doesn't count as a big, big title, but um, beating back-to-back Alcaraz and, and Medvedev, it's, you know, it, it's great stuff and he... Um, he was probably still something that uh, he needed to to show uh, to be to be able to to do this uh, to have these wins back to back on I would say a pretty big stage because 500, but um, eight out of the the top nine players in in the world, uh, top ten players in the world were there, um, and so. Uh, you know, it's he, it's another proof that he he's having a very very solid and good season. Started the finished 2022 as the world number 15, despite going quite far in in all the Grand Slams. Uh, and this year he he has taken a step forward because you know five five four record against top five player. Um, finally beat Medvedev in in their seventh career meeting. Um, uh, and of course, uh, starting getting uh, getting good tight big titles because uh, the first Masters title, uh, even with you know uh, having to deal with uh, the pressure of being also the the heavy favorite probably in the semi final in the final which uh, could could be uh, difficult and tricky sometimes. Uh, and now let's say completing uh, that Masters uh, title with. Um, this other one in which he had also to beat, you know, top contenders um, for it. So, um, very, very well done. Is this bigger in your eyes than um, winning Toronto? Is this bigger than uh, making the semis at Wimbledon? 
the fact that he beat basically i'm asking yeah, about the if, fact if, that he if, beat medvedev uh, alcaraz back to back yeah. if for bigger we mean you know more important for him probably yeah. yes uh because um yeah i mean of course uh, still getting to that masters title finally could uh you know could have been important because also the pressure of finally you know having one in in his cabinet um since you know he was already into finals and so uh he, he could have felt uh the pressure and so um, that was important mainly for that reason uh, while this one yeah uh, very very important because uh betting beating top rivals back to back um you know it's something good because he, he finally proved to um you know we 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 all knew uh, all his talent his abilities the way he was able to put on great matches but, um this ability to uh, to play super um you know super super focused against these top rivals um missing very few choices uh, uh taking his opportunities more or less even if today in the first set he he missed an important one uh but you know overall um these two performances uh, and in my opinion especially today have been uh incredible so uh, yeah probably for him this is uh, uh, even more important to build some you know some kind of confidence in in himself being a top player yeah i think personally like um beating medvedev to me was like on the list of let's say the next five things that Sinner should achieve because um as you said he got the big title he got a slam semi obviously somewhere in there there's the grand slam title perhaps you could also talk about uh the top four now the top three ranking maybe but also beating Djokovic and Medvedev I feel like that these were also some achievements that Sinner really yeah. um like they must mean a lot and especially Medvedev you know it, it could maybe sound weird that beating Medvedev is for me one of the the biggest things that he could have done but um basically when you're zero six against someone when you lost two finals against someone in 2023 and I think Sinner other than um other than these two he basically never loses a final at the ATP level yeah, only he's only lost like one Hurkacz more in Miami. Yeah, to Hurkacz in Miami so so basically only has three lost finals and two of them this year to this guy uh, the guy who also has a 6-0 record against him, that becomes really important, I think, mentally, definitely. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I think especially maybe maybe today he was even more impressive with that. You couldn't really see that Medvedev has this huge matchup edge. I mean, maybe when they were trading just blows down the middle, maybe it was fine. But uh, Sinner really used some of the um, parts of his game that aren't really his strengths. He turned them into once today. Like, he was still playing at the net a lot. I don't think he looked comfortable at all. I mean, I think he looked so awkward on many occasions. Uh, you know, missed some put-away volleys, missed the smash that you were refer refer referring to. But also, just in general, I think he served you know, exceptionally well. His spot serving was good enough, especially when out, out wide, when he was trying to serve in volley, that he didn't really get many tough volleys from Medvedev. Like really, most of the time he was able to just put it away and like had very large margin of error there, and um, yeah, serve I guess another part of his game that you know generally isn't talked about. He's not the biggest server in the world, but today uh, he actually needed that as well to keep up with Medvedev, who was serving at like almost ninety percent, which is which is pretty crazy given that he still had so many serves on the line and um, probably a few aces in there as well. Uh, basically, yeah. What do you think about this uh, this this matchup between Sinner and Medvedev? How do you think it's yeah, going to no. go from here? Um, is it one thing? Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. One thing I liked uh, is that uh, exactly when you said that uh, some you know some missed shot at the net, some some smashes, but I really like the fact that he um, he didn't uh, took a step down. He he still um, kept trying because he knew that he he needed to to mix up things. Um, basically, uh, you know, even if they are um, different player, but it's basically the the same thing in um, in the Djokovic matchup. Uh, 
uh, Djokovic Medvedev matchup, you know, um, in which Djokovic can't just, you know, stay there and rally, rally uh, from the baseline 30, 40 shots because uh, he, you know, he, he, it becomes really, really, really difficult. And, uh, you know, for Sinner, this one, um, the biggest problem in, in this matchup in the past. Uh, that basically he he had that kind of tennis, but he uh, he wasn't really changing a lot during the match, uh, even tactically, and you know he wasn't really able to um, uh, you know to to put Medvedev um, away from the court, um, and then he he was running out of gas. Uh, for example, that Rotterdam match. He started yeah. well. He was playing quite good, uh, but the effort he, he needed to win that first set. Then uh, you know, also Medvedev started play way better. Then, but you know, also for him, uh, it became really, really difficult physically. Uh, yeah, also that Miami match. You know, he still he still was coming from a three a more than three hour semifinal. Why Medvedev part was was way you know. Uh, way more comfortable, but still, you know, he, um, it was not a really close one. Uh, and today he did very well in, in the tactic on the tactical side, even when he was missing. But it was still important to to keep going that way because it was the right way to uh, to go. And also, he he was really really good on serve. He had that game when he was down love thirty. At the beginning, the only break point he, he, he had to save uh, and the tie breaks. I would say that the first set tie break was more um, played bad by, by Daniil. Uh, but yeah. in the second one, he, he ended the match really, really well. Um, so, so, yeah, I mean, uh, played a very, very good, good match. Overall, one of his uh, uh, probably the let's say the, the second best performance for, for from him probably after that Alcaraz match in this in this season that's in Miami I mean uh, okay uh, probably yes I mean because uh, it feels very very big uh, final of a quite important tournament because of all the top players that against an opponent uh, against which you you had lost you had lost the, the first six matches um, well Probably Medvedev relied a little bit too much on that, uh, you know, on that matchup advantage. Uh, I don't know. I kind of, I kind of felt talking about Medvedev that um, uh, he didn't really, you know, try to to change a lot. Uh, probably going more for his shots in the second set. I don't know. What do you think about that? Um, yeah, I mean, honestly, I was very impressed with this performance, probably more than the Alcaraz semi. You know, Alcaraz, we've kind of seen it already, that Sinner troubles him in a way that most others can't, puts him on the back foot the way that others cannot really pull off. And against Medvedev, yeah, it just didn't, never really felt like a matchup that, uh, you know, he was 0-6 in. Um, as I said, I mean, maybe there were some issues in, in like when they were just trading neutral blows down the middle of the court. Uh, but yeah, he had a very clear idea as to how to play. Didn't get discouraged by uh, discouraged by um, yeah, mishaps, which were happening. Uh, sometimes it it did hurt me when I saw him setting up for some volleys. But still, it was the right thing to do. He kept going, and as he said, that second set breaker. And Matthew also is talking about it in the chat. It was indeed beautiful when he hit that running pass for six two. I was like, okay, that's that's the match. That's the match. Thank you. Good job. That's the match. And obviously he won on the very next point with an amazing forehand return as well. But um, yeah, that was that was basically where, where I felt like the match was over. And clearly over the course of the two sets, I mean, he was the better player, hands down. Uh, Medvedev uh, probably needed to serve like he did, which was you know, just ridiculous in terms of the first serving percentage. And um, that's how he kept it close, because otherwise I don't think it would have even been that um, that sort of much uh, basically when the when the percentages dropped a bit that's when sinner's return events you know started shining and um obviously there were there were no breaks in the end but still 
And there is a question from Matthew as well. What does Sinner need to do in the rest of the year to get you excited for 2024? Does he really need to do anything the rest of the year to get me excited for him in 2024? Actually, and Mario, like uh, an additional question to this. Uh, what sort of achievements do you expect from, from Sinner, you know, in 2024 now? Do you, do you think this is a year where he becomes a Grand Slam contender or? Oh, my God. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> It's it's a difficult question. For the rest of the year, um, you know, I would say that um, judging his season so far, it could still be enough. Even considering, you know, if you if you make a comparison uh, to to the last season, it can still be you know quite enough what he, what we did. But still, uh, I think that probably you know Turin can be. Uh, can be a good goal. Try to maybe reach the semi-final, getting over the um, the group can be a goal for you know to end uh, the year well and still getting solid results in in the master in the two masters left. Um, no, uh, maybe you know if he has to play Djokovic again, can be a goal. Try to to beat <laughs> Djokovic too. Uh, who knows? Um, which can be can still be important. Um, talking about next year, um, well, I think that um, one of the strengths Sinner has has shown is that he he rarely loses matches that he he has to win in terms of um, in terms of ranking, playing guys outside the top ten, for example. So it's really solid from that point of view. So. He's also one of the guys that you can feel that he can, uh, you know, use a chance if the draw opens up also. Um, probably I would say that, you know, best of three, um, probably right now I'm quite confident that he is almost there. Um, best of five, I, uh, I still don't know. I still probably think that he... It depends if he will be even more um, ready physically uh, to recover and to play, you know, back-to-back five-setter, for example, against, let's say, Zverev and Alcaraz, or I don't know. Um, but, you know, overall, the, the tennis level is quite there. Um, well, I would say that this year he, he he reached his first Grand Slam semi-final. Probably reaching a final can be a good goal for next year. Uh, I don't know if I'm talking too too big, but you know, if you have to set a goal, you I think I think this is the goal he he has to set, given that the first semi has already come. Yeah, I think so too. Like a, a Slam final is a very nice goal. I think uh, winning one. We'll see. Maybe it happens. But like yeah, making a slam final or maybe at least appearing at the semi-final stage a couple of times, that would be quite realistic. And yeah, re- regarding Matthew's question, I don't really think I need anything else from Alcaraz to get excited for 2024. Uh, Alcaraz, Jesus, Sinner <laughs> uh, for 2024. Uh, simply because I think he's already done it, you know, the, the, the big title that people were sort of, you know, kept saying that he does not have one and and how does he still not have a big title? I have a, a few people who recently commented that on, on my Twitter, of course, before Toronto, sort of saying that, you know, he's not as good as people think. And I guess that in general, there's been a lot of people on on, uh, on social media who have been saying that maybe Sinner is overhyped. At the same time, you have the underestimated group. So I guess, you know, um, it's all actually, uh, you know, even at the end, uh, everyone has his haters, everyone has his fans. Uh, but anyway, yes, Sean also says that Sinner's serve is very important when playing the best guy, still a bit shaky. Well, today it was not. Against Alcaraz, I would say both were not serving all that well. But yeah, that's that's a very obvious part of the game that he um, has been trying to improve. Today we've seen him try to uh, focus on stuff that he's not good at, generally, and come out of it with great effect. So. And and I think with with the way sort of t- Sinner's team is built and and general also how aware he is, like it's clear that they're gonna be working on the right stuff. Uh, it's just the effects of that work that we don't really know. Nuran was also there with a question. Um, 
Do you think Sinner just pushed the ball for a while on these baseline exchanges before pulling the trigger? And he plays against the likes of Joker and Medi. I mean, against Medvedev, I don't think he will be changing all that much, right? Um, against Medvedev, maybe it's a tactic, you know, to just throw in some junk from time to time. But after today, I don't feel like he really needs it. <laughs> and against Alcara, uh, I mean, against Djokovic, I don't know if it's a, if it's the right call to, you know, sort of. Yeah, give the only the thing is that uh, the biggest difference, in my opinion, between Djokovic and Medvedev mm -hmm. is that, you know, against Djokovic, you still kind of. Uh, don't know what to expect in terms that you know Djokovic can change uh, things more uh, than Medvedev maybe, uh, and so you know if, uh, in my opinion, for example, um, let's say that the the wide serve is um, actually on the right side uh, and going to the net for the volley, uh, it's it's become kind of a good tactic against Medvedev. A lot sometimes it, it can't work because. Maybe he returns very well. I don't know, but still, you know, he he really hasn't changed a lot to to kind of avoid players players to yeah. do that. Uh, Nothing at all. Nothing at all. Djokovic instead, you know, he wouldn't act like that. I'm sure of that. And so it's a little more difficult to do. But I mean, this it should be a different if one guy has won 24 Grand Slams. So um, <laughs> it's it's you know it's tricky. And how do you see the the Sinner Medvedev matchup going from here? You know, we, they they've played seven times now, one and six. Maybe they will face each other again in Shanghai. We're gonna get to that in in some time. But um, yeah, how do how do you think it's gonna go from here? Like next time when they play, is Sinner still the underdog because he lost to him six times and like he was generally struggling in this matchup, or has the tide you know shifted completely? Well, no, shifting com completely, probably, probably not. I think that overall, um, Medvedev can can still be uh, a kind of player which can can trouble Sinner a lot. Uh, we've seen it, for example, also against Zverev. Uh, it's it's that kind of tennis that you know troubles Sinner a bit with uh, those kind of of, of baseline players. Um, yeah, is Sinner is quite struggle a, a bit. Uh, to you know, he has to to still he has to have uh, kind of a very very good day. Uh, so I still think that Medvedev kind of has the edge, but I would say that he he should not rely on this because um, you know the senior today senior is not the senior that he was facing, for example, in Vienna 2022. Um, and so it's he, I think that he still has to to think a bit about this this loss um not that it's going to to change a lot at least in the short term in my opinion but you know this match in a quite important final um should sound like something that um, medvedev has to think a little bit on Mr. F hang up the phone. Is that Ben Shelton? Um, but yeah, also, um, yeah, regard. I, I mean, I, I agree. I mean, I think next time they play, assuming it's going to be, I don't know, a similarly fast hard court, it's probably like a 50 50 now for me. I definitely wasn't thinking that this today has to be a Medvedev win. Like the two matches that they've played this year, you also mentioned this, but in Rotterdam, it was basically just the physicality that won it for the new. And in Miami, they were also pretty tight until 5-0. And it was it was clear as well that Sinner is struggling. He had a day of rest after the Alcaraz semi, right? But still, he was struggling from the get-go with his energy. And he yeah, tried and to play that, a lot uh, of drop shots. Which... That night, you know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But I, I know. But still, it was yeah, like yeah, a yeah, day and a half or something. And, yeah, and, yeah, and yeah. Well, it was clear it's, it's, it's affecting him anyway. That's basically the point that I'm making, that even though he had a day of rest, it was it was affecting him. And um, the, the, the drop shots that he played, I mean, today he picked his moments a lot better. I don't think he actually played most of them all that much better. Uh, but, played uh, twice the drop shot and lost the point twice. <laughs> uh, today? No, no, no. I mean, he won, yeah. he won some points of the drop he won shot one. as well. Yes, hmm. uh, it, he won a point. It was this very, ah, yeah, very long lost. rally. Yeah, 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 you're right. You're right. He played. He, get, um... he gets lobbed and then he finishes yeah, right. it off. First point of the tiebreak, maybe second set? I'm not. I'm not yeah, yeah, yeah. Medvedev went the other way. 
Yes, I mean Medvedev I didn't really, didn't really move. I guess even. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I got. Uh, I didn't got that one. Yeah, you're right. But yeah, otherwise there was this one very good drop shot where he lost the point on the backhand sort of sliding yeah. pass, right? But that was a very good drop shot. Like that, that wasn't really um, the drop shot's fault. And also there was this one terrible one. Yes, that, that definitely. I remember. <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> uh, one of the, one of them was awful. And also he he attempted it once as well and didn't even make the net. But um, anyway, he was still he wasn't using it as much as in Miami. Yeah, and that when one he did, was it was actually a, a drop moments. shot. It was a little bit gassed from from the rally, I think. The, yeah, the one yeah, that I think he, he... that didn't even reach the net. I know what you mean. Uh, they they traded like 20 blows and then he just decides to bail out of it. Uh, but anyway, we mentioned that uh, many players are now serving volleying against Medvedev. And, you know, back in the day, we used to say that um, like not everyone can pull it off against Medvedev. You have to uh, like be really good on the first volley. You have to, I don't know, the, the return coming at you is pretty hard because, well, Medvedev is going to be so far behind. He has so much time to uh, you know produce the swing. So it's not that easy to do it against Medvedev. That, that's what we used to say. However, now it's even done by someone like Yannick Sinner, who is not known for his net yeah. efficiency at all. So like, where's where's really the line in terms of like who can do it against Medvedev and who cannot? And also, like, are we just going to see millions of players trying to pull it off against Medvedev now? Yeah, I mean, the, the first one who, who a big stage and kind of exposed it uh, was Djokovic in that Paris final in 2021. Uh, uh, 21, 21. Okay. Yeah, yeah, 21. Yeah. Uh, after he lost the US Open final, he, he really used a lot that tactic. And I think that it was probably one of the first very, very big matches in which, uh, you know, this, this part of, of his game got a little bit exposed. Uh, you know... Um, uh, Medvedev is still super good, so you know he still wins a lot of matches, and uh, probably don't really feel uh, doesn't really feel um, the need to to change a lot. Uh, let's say, for example, in Wimbledon, he was uh, changing the return position uh, quite a few against Alcaraz and didn't work. And yeah. while U.S. Open, for example, it worked quite well. Uh, by standing far away all the time. Um, you know, you, you think that, um, and I think too, I think uh, that he needs to, to change something a little bit, probably try to um, to avoid it. Um, but still, we, we have to ask ourselves, uh, is it going to really be effective for him? Uh, because probably he can struggle even more. Uh, for example, by returning, uh, you know, close to to the baseline. Um, so it's it's a, a bit of a tricky a tricky situation. I think that um, I still think that in some sometimes he needs to uh, to change something, even if it can be a little bit uncomfortable. Uh, but at the same time, uh, you know. When he tried against um, Alcaraz, didn't really really work. Even if you know you can't expect a thing to work if you if you tried it to you know once against a very top player in in one set. Uh, it's so um, you know I still think that it's it's kind of weird to see this player serving at you know one seventy five kilo, kilometers per hour. And getting an easy volley to to put in, you know, I I find it a little bit, um, you know, awkward. Uh, if I, he, if I were him, I would have been a little bit pissed off about that. But you know, I yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, um, what you said it didn't really work against Alcaraz. I mean, for Alcaraz at the U.S. Open, I think at some point he was just sort of. Um, you know, so frustrated with the fact that everything was coming back that he started overusing it, didn't have any other ideas mm -hmm. to win points. And when it works, like for Sinner today, so like I don't know how many times did he do it 25, 20, I don't know, something like that, probably. He was at the net 33 times, but uh, I'm not sure how many of them were seven volleys, but probably around this line, around 20. Uh, and he wins like 80% of these points, probably. I mean, I can re barely remember some points that he. 
uh, that he lost while serving volleying. There was definitely a put away volley that he missed, uh, which doesn't really count because like Medvedev was not close to getting back, getting it back if he just makes it uh, at all. But there was definitely like at least a couple of good returns from Medvedev. There was this forehand cross court one, very sharp angle. Mm. But yeah, still, if if you're winning like eighty percent points with a tactic in tennis. It's obviously huge. Usually you, um, like over the course of your career, you only win like 55% of the points, even if you're Federer, Djokovic, Nadal. So it's massive if you win 80% with one tactic. And yeah, I, I, I do wonder how it's going to look for Medvedev from now on, because we've seen players like Alcaraz. Sure, I mean, okay, he, he gets uh, he gets great touch on the first volley. You've seen Djokovic, who like right now server volleying is a big thing for him. Obviously, there there used to be some servant volleyers playing Medvedev, and then they would go to the net. But now it seems like everyone will try it, you know. Mm-hmm. And and you're right that perhaps Djokovic Paris 2021. Then also, I think another big moment for this strategy was Tsitsipas in Cincinnati, when at yeah. some point he just decides to serve and volley at almost every point, wins the match. Yeah, I didn't and... watch that one, but even in the ATP final match they had last year, he, yeah, he was yeah. doing it he did super the same. super often. Yeah, he actually he actually did, like almost lost it right at the ATP finals. It was a deciding yeah, but like every he... single Medvedev match. But yeah, you're right. He he basically the first set I think was like super easy for him or something yeah. like that, and and uh, and he was serving volleying on almost every point. So I think we might we might see like even some very random players who generally don't go to the net <laughs> almost at all. <laughs> yeah, I mean, would be honestly. Yeah, next time Andre yeah, Rublev yeah, plays Daniel Medvedev, Sinner did it, and people often compare Sinner to Rublev, which in a way I think is is definitely um, right that Sinner is a bit of a Rublev 2.0, and uh, yeah, somehow somehow it works. So, uh, and and you're right that when he uh, when he tried to move upwards against Alcaraz at Wimbledon, he just wasn't getting, um, you know, he just wasn't getting the ball back in play. So. There is a fine line between um, staying with what you're comfortable with and adjusting. And we'll see how, how he manages to handle that mm-hmm. over the course of the next few months or something. Anything else that we need to talk about regarding Medvedev in, in Beijing? Or Well, no, no, I don't think so. He, he, had, he still had quite a solid week because the semifinal performance was very, very good uh, against Zverev, for example. So... Um, I'm, you know, I don't think there's pretty, uh, very, very much to, to say. Yeah, good week could have been better, but, you know, he, he is still um, among the three, now maybe four best players in the world. I don't know. I think Sinner maybe not quite there, but getting closer. And um, yeah, uh, as you said, that was a very good run beating Zverev, beating Umber, previously a tough matchup mm. for him, beating yeah. Dominor, previously a tough matchup for him. Not even previously. I mean, very recently, a tough matchup for him, and also Tommy Paul. I don't know if a tough matchup for him, but still a tough opponent. And um, yeah, maybe uh, Carlos Alcaraz then losing in the semis to Yannick Sinner. You know, what do you make of of this rivalry? I've seen a lot of contrasting takes on Twitter, where some people say that you know Sinner is basically the kryptonite of Alcaraz, but then some say you know Sinner oh, is just. God so talented right Sinner is just so talented that we cannot really say that because well it's it's not super strange that he's gonna have a tight head-to-head with Yannick Sinner well yeah you know in some way you can think okay Sinner won four out the last six had match point in one of the two he lost uh, but still you know had also a set point in the first set of the Indian Wells match but um overall I think that uh, yeah, for sure, Sinner proved to, you know, to, to have the tennis, uh, not only the quality, but also the kind of tennis to trouble Alcaraz um, quite more than a bit. Um, I still think that, of course, it's explicable because we're still talking about Sinner, which is a very, very, very good player. So, um, you know, Fields feels kind of okay the way he he loses um, some matches even because yeah this one he he um, you know the second set was not closed but overall um, their matches as all uh, are always pretty close um, a lot of battles at least one tiebreak all, all the time 
uh, talking about the ATP matches because in the challenger meeting there wasn't one. Um, <laughs> they were super young. I don't know how how it can count, but um, yeah, you know, it, it, they can also play at a challenger when they are thirty-five. They can also play at a challenger yeah, yeah, when they are twenty-six. Yeah, exactly. Like age, you know, doesn't fully matter. When, yeah, um, I, I I think that of course he needs to to think about the you know the matchup how we can we can maybe do some things a little bit different try to um, maybe to to change something even if sinner you know doesn't really give him the time to um, to change rhythm uh, how for example he does really well um, when he plays you know medvedev not in the us open he didn't really do that but overall in the other meetings he he was able to do that. Um, I think that um, it's good that this matchup is quite even for you know the for the show for for tennis in general. Yeah. Um, it needs to you know to, to work on it in terms of you know trying to find solutions to to put on some new things on the table. But overall, I, I think that it, it's still a little bit early to you know to say. That's, there is a, a lot to to worry about um, in, in this matchup. I mean, he, he also wins some very important matches: uh, the Indian, the, the U.S. Open quarterfinal, the, the Indian Wells semi. So, um, I I won't be that dramatic judging that. Uh, probably people went a little bit like that because of that second set, the way you know the match slipped away a little bit easy this time. Uh, after the tiebreak and even the tiebreak himself, um, but overall, I would say that even if he probably needs to bring something new on the table in this matchup, but still, I I think that he is too, you know, hard worker, talented, and he has all the things needed to to change single things a little bit in the future. So um, I think that it's it's still okay. He had a great season. We can leave him alone. I would say. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, absolutely. And um, I, I, I did think that he was going to start extending his lead over Sinner in the in the head-to-head pretty soon. He didn't do that this year at all. Um, you know, if he lost that US Open one from match point up, then we would have been talking of like a, actually a very poor streak against Yannick. But because he got that one and got the slam in the end, that's, uh, that's, that's of course, all fine. I, uh, I do think that... Um, you know, it, it always kind of surprises me when I watch their matches that Sinner can so easily put Alcaraz on the back foot. And that's just to, to, to Sinner's credit, really. Nothing else. Um, definitely, there are some liabilities in how Alcaraz covers his forehand side, especially in defense, because, of course, it's not his athleticism. Of course, it's not his speed. It's just that he's not able to absorb these huge blows from Sinner, which kind of come out of nowhere, and they can come on, like, every single shot. He, um, you know, he has this very like light physical build, but yet accelerates through the ball so well, and and basically every shot can be such uh, can come at you with such fast pace, and Alcaraz doesn't really absorb it, or I don't know, even um, yeah, just doesn't really absorb it, or or uh, off the forehand side, he tries to go for a big counter usually doesn't, you know, doesn't make sure to to for example make center play one more ball. Which um, most other opponents, uh, he doesn't have this sort of dilemma, right? When when he's defending against Tsitsipas, you still feel like he can be in the point, like he can be back in the point uh, in a second, or like he still has this maybe sometimes under control, even though he is defending. And against Sinner, he doesn't get that sort of privilege, which again is is only really a, a compliment for Sinner because apparently no one else on the tour really can do it to Alcaraz at this point in time. Well, maybe there's been a few opponents this year, like Struff, Maroshan, you know, who, who really pushed him or beat him playing this sort of tennis. Yeah. However, for them, it's it's so much less repeatable. And you only really need to look at their rankings to, to know it, right? Uh, they cannot play like this every single day of the year. Sinner can play like this a lot of the time. So, Yeah, um, when it comes Alcaraz, to that, hmm? to the Sinner, Alcaraz, Rivery, we have, you know, some matches to, to rely on. Uh, they they played eight times, so um, you know. Right now we have something, some material to to talk on. Yeah. With uh, talking about the other 
the other guys who put him in trouble, you know, we still have to watch a little bit more. For example, uh, you know, a kind of a tough matchup can be Tommy Paul um, yeah. for Alcaraz, but because, you know, uh, even if Sinner, you know, blasts the ball um, harder and... But um, I don't know if I'm, if I'm wrong, but I see this similarity in the way they also defend. Sinner and Paul kind of tend to defend the court without, uh, you know, taking a lot of steps back. Giving uh, up ground, yeah. yeah they are able that's very to, true. You know, and they are able to, to find dancers uh, taking the ball early and, you know, avoid to, to get their running from one side to another which was, for example, you know, the matches against Rude and Musetti this week, um, to, to make an example. Um, this can be kind of, you know, a, a similarity between these two kind of uncomfortable matchups he, he has had. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I definitely agree, especially when it comes to Tommy Paul. That that's for me. That's the main thing that's been causing Alcaraz trouble. Yeah, that when he's when he's defending against him, when he's counter punching, he's doing it like inside the baseline, yeah. or or basically, uh, yeah, just not giving up any ground, not not uh, letting Alcaraz push him behind the court. Um, so yeah, that, I, I definitely agree with that. And and there is a similarity in how in how Sinner defends for sure. Um, yeah, anything? Uh, oh, actually, uh, Mario, I heard you had a very good prediction week on uh, TNNS. <laughs> so, uh, one mistake that I hear that you made was picking Zverev to beat Medvedev. So, let's talk about Alexander Zverev and why didn't it work out for him over Daniel? Yeah, I mean, first of all, um, Medvedev's performance was great uh, in the semi final um, and also with the serve. Uh, he, he was struggling, for example, against Umbert. Um, against Zverev, the service worked incredibly well. He, he, he's kind of been untouchable. Um, and so, yeah, it's also a little bit um, difficult to really say what Zverev could have really done uh, differently. It has become a really tough matchup for him, that's for sure, because Medvedev won 10 out of the last 13 times uh, so since 2019 so in the last year it's you know it's it's not common to to see um, Zverev beating beating Medvedev but yeah even if he was uh, losing sets and that has to be said because in Seoul even here against for example against Schwarzman uh, uh, which kind of was unexpected for me uh, still he wasn't really being you know uh, looking unbeatable, but before this week, I kind of felt that he was um, feeling the, the groove with his courts. He was um, st starting playing better and better. Uh, I thought that uh, from from the backhand side, it could have been the, that kind of um, you know solidity to to try to. Uh, to make things super difficult for Daniil. Um, overall, what to say? And another quite solid week for Zverev, who's, who's living a good season considering the expectations because he was coming back from that injury and he's in the top 10, seventh in the race. Um, I would be, at this point, I would be surprised, I have to say, if he won't make to Turin. Uh, for what I'm, for what I'm yeah. watching, even with his rivals in this race, so I, I really would be surprised. Um, and so I, I still think that he can be quite satisfied with, uh, you know, this week and overall this season. Um, he's still not there where he was probably when he, you know, when he got injured. The term mm, talking about. Um, you know, that kind of um, danger that he was, uh, you you had the feeling about him. Um, but overall, he he is already at a really, really solid, solid level right now because he's getting really consistent results week in, week out. And so I think that um, especially considering the, the where he started the year, uh, it's... Uh, it's going to be a very, very good season. 
Yeah, I think like regardless of what people's like opinion on Zverev is, and you know, especially in regards to the domestic violence cases, um, he deserves to be in the ATP finals right now. Like, yeah, really. <laughs> yeah, that's how that's that's how well he's playing. You know, uh, he is probably like the fifth best player in the world at the moment. Tsitsipas doesn't really come into the equation. Maybe some would argue Rublev, but um, well, maybe if Rune gets healthier. But but yeah, I mean fifth best player in the world right now does sound very right and 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 clearly um even though this this run i don't think he was actually playing as as well as he was in cincinnati and or the us open still uh it's it's just another huge huge uh effort from him and uh, yeah by the time we actually reach 2024 and the first half of it especially like the first um five months of it, that's probably where we're going to see um, a ranking rise from Sinner, uh, Zverev. Yeah, that's, I mean, I that's think, right. Yeah, Not much to defend, you know, he's going to have a good shot to like get back into the top four and maybe more, who knows? I mean, it, it all really depends on, uh, you know, with his uh, slam performances probably and and how he performs at, uh, in Australia or well, the French, he actually defending semi-final points, of course, but Australia, especially, you have a lot to gain if he can keep playing like this. Um, going to face Rahman Safiulin again in Shanghai, and we'll see if three three weeks mm-hmm. in a row it's it's possible for Zverev. Um, yeah, with that, I mean, maybe we could just talk about Shanghai for the next fifteen minutes or so. Um, we we obviously have all the top players participating outside of Novak Djokovic, whom we're not going to see on the court. Yeah, Until I don't know if you want to say something about uh, about Astana. Uh, oh, oh, you know, shout out to to Manarino oh. because he's having a, a great, great season, second title this year. Uh, he was down in that final six four three one against Corda, uh, and he yeah did really, really well to to turn things around and. Um, well, he he's using his, his opportunity really well, playing uh, great tennis, consistent results. Even because uh, not only these two titles, but even in a lot of tournament, he went qu- quite far, even getting some slam wins. Um, amazing season! I don't know what what to say more because he's also. For me, he's also an entertaining, very entertaining player to watch. I think not only for me because he he, he has his own style, but he usually is um, usually able to you know to put on some tricky shot, great things uh, somehow somewhere in the match. Um, it's always um, it's always nice to watch him play well. Yeah, and then I actually totally forgot about Astana because, well, it's not in the title and it finished yesterday. So because of the mess with yeah, the scheduling, yeah, yeah. It, it doesn't feel like the same week. But you're very right. And uh, yeah, Manarino getting the sort of new heights at 35 is, is really impressive. I think this is his best season. Uh, maybe it yeah, hasn't had so. the... Yeah, maybe it hasn't had like the best slam runs or something. He actually still hasn't made a slam quarter. But, you know, getting two titles um, basically... Uh, you know he's now the favorite to again finish as the French number one. He might break the top twenty with a good run in Shanghai. That would be quite yeah, an achievement not? as well at this stage of his career. And and yeah, I, I I love the the unique nature of his play style and sort of just how smart he uh, out uh, maneuvers. I guess his his younger opposition, including Sebastian Corda, including Sebastian Ofner and. The other opponents he beat on the way to the final in Astana. And also yeah, how about Medjedovic went, with the semis, went, right? Yeah, Medjedovic, yeah, did did really, really well. The ser- serving great, didn't got didn't get broken all the week. Yeah. And that match against Corda was, yeah, really, really tough battle, which which I'm angry about. Awful two tie breaks. Awful two tie breaks. But... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, the two tie breaks, but... yes. Um, he's getting he's getting there and by the way is this a name that you're mentioning sometimes on the novak podcast or not uh because you know of the connection between them uh well uh there he hasn't was playing, been an opportunity he was playing the semi when we were recording um okay. yeah we we mentioned it quite a few oh, a okay. few times uh um even that you know um we, we are recording for first 
not not it's not always a live stream so even mm -hmm. sometimes if we you know get some uh, but yeah we we will also talk more who knows if we can can have someone related to to him some someday on on the show uh, maybe maybe Hamad himself you know i i, why not? I did I, I did chat to him a couple of why times not? Yes. in uh Kozerki and Sekesh for Hervar and and definitely could recommend him uh was was very nice and um you know you can think that um watching his matches you can think that he might be an asshole but he's actually yeah, not no, at all no, 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 no. <laughs> so, uh, so that's good um, <laughs> of the court he was he was super nice that that's card i have kind of a final problem probably getting a little bit tight when he when he's closed the uh the finish line i don't know one five is record even if you know went close really close to that second title because he, he had match point against djokovic playing really well uh, in adelaide here was close to again to that title because he was up in the score six four three one mm, i don't know what do you think um six four three one he definitely did not play well over the course of the next five games I think perhaps part of it was also the fatigue of the long week. You know, mm. there was a big difference in the amount of uh, playtime that he and Manarino got. Also, yeah. he was coming of Zhuhai, uh, which was a bit of a you know uh, trip, and also uh, the semis there, and yeah, just really long matches in Astana. So I did sort of think that if if it comes to a deciding set, probably Manarino is going to win. But obviously, when Corda was six for three one up, he could have played the next few games better. I don't know. Let, let's say maybe he still loses the second set, but loses in a tiebreak or something, and and you can see that he's getting really tired, and that's fine. But I think there was a mental sort of aspect involved. But does he has a mental? Does he have a final problem? You know, he played an excellent match against Djokovic at the yeah, beginning yeah, of the right. year. Uh, did he have any other finals this year? I don't think so. Uh, no, and a couple of finals last year, but to be honest, he was the underdog because he played once to against Felix Auger Aliassim and... in that streak he had indoor uh, Auger last year. And yeah, Rublev in Gihon. Oh, Rublev in Gihon. So, you know, he, it kind of was the underdog in those two finals. Yeah, yeah, and, and he also had um, won a few earlier. Like, um, what, was the, what was the final that he... Uh, Parma? He... Parma, he won against Cecchinato and lost against Turkac in 2021 in Delray Beach. Delray, but he was injured. And, like, of, of course, it was yeah. also Hurkac, but I remember he was injured somehow with his fire or something like that. That was like the easiest possible route to, a, to an ATP yeah, title so, that Hurkac so could not, have had. Not, not really. So, yeah, I, I wouldn't say so. Say that. Yeah. I, I think so, yeah. Like one or two more, maybe, and, and then we can talk about it. He could have a slam problem. Yeah, even Manarino. Right? Manarino had an awful... Yeah, had Manarino awful, has an awful uh, final record. record. Yeah, I, I remember. Um, but this year, he... Sh shout out to him. He has two and one this year, right? Yeah. Lost in Mallorca, won Newport and uh, Astana. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think overall, it's like 4-12 right now. But he used to be like one, one eight, one nine. So yeah. So yeah. Uh, I mean, he he. The, the guy is thirty five, and the last three titles out of four, he's won over the course of fourteen months. The last fourteen months. So yeah. Yeah, that kind of tells you that his final record is definitely improving. Uh, all right. Good that you mentioned Astana. I was actually going to forget about that. And yeah, maybe let's just then for for like the next few minutes talk about Shanghai and um, yeah, who do you think are like the main favorites here? Is it just the regular Medvedev, Sinner, Alcaraz stuff? Uh, also, is it going to be much of a factor that Alcaraz, uh, sorry, Alcaraz, that Sinner and Medvedev are coming off the final in Beijing? Uh, well, uh, today, you know, today that was their uh, their side on the draw, so probably they will already play tomorrow. No, in two days, I mean, but you know, I don't think it will um, matter much in in the second round match. I don't know. Mm. That's uh, yeah, that's Friday. You're right. Yeah, that's Friday. Yeah, they're gonna. Um, who knows? Probably. It depends also on the match. Maybe you know, if Sinner gets to that round four against Zverev, probably can suffer a little bit from you know winning this title, playing you know, uh, giving the effort to to beat back to back Alcaraz and Medvedev, even if you know he. he we are not talking about two marathon matches, but still, you know, also mentally, it's it's tough to to play and beat these guys back to back. So probably can be a factor. Um, maybe a little bit more for Sinner than for for Medvedev. Mm. 
yeah, I, I, I don't think that, uh, especially in Medvedev's case, I don't think that it's going to uh, to change that much. Probably Sinner can can suffer a little bit because he he hasn't the the easiest possible draw. Is in, in talking about you know the potential round four against Zverev. He is in Medvedev's quarter, um, so yeah, probably for him a little bit. I would I would guess that. I don't know. Yeah, I think Sinner definitely is the one who might suffer yeah, more. Well, while you talk, I'm taking the charger. Sorry. Sure, uh, sure. No, no worries. Um, Sinner is definitely the one that could suffer a bit more than Medvedev, you know, over the course of his career. Back-to-back weeks, uh, I guess they haven't really been an issue for Medvedev a lot of the time. Uh, he had an insane run, for example, like Washington, Toronto, um, Cincy, right? 2019, or was it Montreal? Never mind. Uh, Montreal, I think. Um, so I think Sinner is definitely the one that could suffer more with his sort of recurring physical issues. Uh, but yeah, I, I still like the the draw that they have, like both of them, Sinner and Medvedev. Um, Sinner, Sinner has a tough fourth round, but before then he plays Giron and then Sweeney or Baez. Like that third round is extremely winnable. Then of course he has to play Shelton, Zverev, Safiulin, like someone out of this. So th- this is this is tough, and I think that's what Matthew. Yeah, you're right. I, I only mentioned uh, I only mentioned phone. Zverev because I'm going by you know. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I, I know. I know. Uh, Matthew said that he wonders how Mister Hang Up the Phone is going to do. I, I, I'm assuming that was Ben, and um, yeah, I think either Zverev, Shelton, or Safurin. You know, they're they're sort of well, they're not similarly tough, but they could all be tough with if Sinner is feeling it a little bit. I like the draw for Medvedev too because he's playing Garin and then Korda or Buyuncha I mean, Korda coming off a couple of very long weeks himself. And then in the fourth round, yeah. Medvedev could play Ojal Yassim, Fuchovic, McDonald, Serundolo. I mean, this is a very good draw for both of them to get to the fourth round. And then we'll see about the quarters for Sinner, essentially. But we might get another Sinner-Medvedev match in the quarters. Who knows? Yeah, yeah. Not, not impossible at all. I mean, uh, yeah, Zverev has, um, Sinner has a tough round four. But yeah, overall, the, the draw, especially in Medvedev's case, is... Uh, is quite soft. Also considering, yeah. you know, Ojeral Yassim could could easily not uh, not be even in the, in the round four, uh, given his current form. Even if, I, um, yeah, it's winnable uh, for sure. It's going to be a, su- um, a super winnable match for for Medvedev uh, in round four. Then quarterfinal. Yeah, it's not that tough for for in talking about the second, third and, and fourth round for him. So, yeah, I guess that especially for Medvedev, I don't think that it's going to, to change that much having played, you know, this this long week. Mm, also, you know, they're going to have the day of rest uh, between their their matches. So, mm, seems like it shouldn't be um, a big issue, you know, for a guy that... Who who played back to back to back Rotterdam, Doha, Dubai, Indian Wells, <laughs> and and won all those matches, almost. Um. Yes, and uh, also Alcaraz is the top seed in the top half, and I guess we kind of like his chances to make the final because uh, not a very not a very difficult draw even for him in my opinion. Yeah. For uh, him, it's, it's it's pretty good, right? Especially when it comes to the seeds that he could play in the quarters. Yeah, semis. exactly. Yeah, avoiding Sinner, avoiding Medvedev until the final. So what? Whereas on on the yeah, Shanghai even courts, even Zverev hmm? himself, that we know that he beat oh, yes, recently quite comfortably, but you know, still he's one of the best players right now, and yeah, they are they are all in the in the bottom half. So I think that uh, he he has a good chance. Let's say like that. Mm-hmm. Overall, you know, people started wondering a little bit if he's he's feeling a bit his season. But overall, I still think that against some kind of opponents, he shouldn't um, he shouldn't lose uh, as long as it he is like I saw in in Beijing. Yeah, we're also going to see how they fare on the Shanghai courts because, of course, Sinner and Alcaraz have never played them. Yeah, right. I mean, Sinner, I haven't checked that, but I, I, but I know he played like Antwerp at the end of 2019, but I don't think he played in Shanghai, right? He he wouldn't really be there. Yeah, no. So, so oh, even because he, he he was playing some challengers, I think, uh, winning in um, in Valgarden in Italy. 
Uh, ah, but that's that's later, right? Ah, later. Yeah, I, yeah, I mean, later probably it's later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think I think that's later in the year. Uh, but you're right. Yeah, he he did win a challenger at the end of the year in Italy. But he definitely played Antwerp. So before Antwerp and after the US Open, where he both played Vavrinka, uh, where the, where he played Vavrinka, both he played. Yeah, Mularone Captif and Orléans and Saint Petersburg. Yeah, so he he didn't go to Asia. And Ortisei was even after the, I guess during the ATP finals. I guess after the next gen finals. Oh, I actually didn't remember this that Sinner won the next gen finals and then was back on the challenger to the next week. Yeah. I mean now 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 when I'm seeing this, I, I'm like, oh yeah, right. And then, but no, did not remember that at all. Uh, anyway, um, there. Uh, so I was basically talking about the fact that Shanghai is coming back after four years. We're gonna see how they handle it. I mean, for Sinner, these courts should be fine. For Alcaraz, maybe a little less. Uh, we'll see. Um, they might be a bit too fast. So I don't know if I like his chances in the final against the potential like big contender of Sinner, Medvedev, Zverev. But getting to the final, yeah, it does seem like a pretty good draw. I have to say that like uh, maybe... Yeah, even maybe, if, it's, maybe... Mm -hmm. if it's either Medvedev or Sinner, he... He would go, I, I think, super motivated since, you know, he lost the last match against Medvedev, the last match against Sinner. I, I, th I know that it's not enough, but I still think that it can be, you know, Im important for him to, uh, to be back to, to the winning way in, in their matchups. Uh, and Ari, do you have, uh, because I have a couple of picks and that's why I'm asking you, do you have a couple of some dark horse contenders for Shanghai that you sort of... Oh well, we'll uh, well, talk talk about yours because I'm okay. going to check the draw really fast. Sure thing. Uh, I have uh, two guys who are in the same quarter, and I think both of them could take advantage of the fact that well, Runa isn't really back to his full strength yet, and also the fact that Rude is there, and Rude I think maybe even could lose to Nishioka. Why not? So I think uh, one of them is Zhijian Zhang who just won the Asian Games and who never won a match in Shanghai, actually, in six appearances. But of course, 2019, he was still like, you know, one-tenth of the player that he is today. And uh, playing Echeverry right now as his, uh, you know, closest seed and then potentially Nakashima or Rune. I think this is a fantastic draw for Zhang. And I would love him to play Hubert Hurkacz in the forefront. Hurkacz has Kokinakis in his second round, which is obviously really tough. Um, he's played Tanasi twice this year already. Uh, both these matches ended in surprise, surprise, deciding set tiebreak. Yes, Hubert Hurkacz went to a deciding set tiebreak. In Miami, he even saved five match points against Kokinakis. In Cincinnati, it wasn't quite as, as eventful. But uh, basically, if he pushes through Kokinakis, I really like his chances against Musetti and then potentially Runa Echeveri. But I don't know if against Zhang. I would love to see a match between Hurkacz and Zhang in the fourth round, mm -hmm. and I, then I would actually back the winner of that to go to the semis as well. Um, these are the two guys that I'm sort of thinking have excellent draws here, and especially Hurkacz if he beats Kokinakis, because that's not an excellent draw, but but it starts getting good once he does that. Well, I think that uh, looking the draw really n still not study, I have to say, but... <laughs> Uh, looking at the draw, I think that the um, the winner of the Popperin Arnaldi first round can can have some some luck in the tournament because yes, mm -hmm. you know, of course he, he he still seems quite uh, quite solid if he if he's recently you know came back from from the injury, um, but you know Norris looking a little bit shaky uh, these days. I think that the winner of that match. Uh, which I really don't know because I would think that Arnaldi uh, can win this one, but also if the court is fast, I can really like popping in chances in this match, even even because you know I don't I I kind of still doubt a little bit, uh, you know, Arnaldi on these faster conditions when it comes to. Um, yeah, I don't know a player like popping with that serve. Mm, he plays really well in this condition. Should be at least. I think that uh, one of them can can play can play well uh, in this tournament. Um, yeah, yeah, you just won. Uh <laughs> no, 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 sure, sure thing. Uh, I, I I treat Popperin and Arnaldi as a fifty-fifty or or thereabouts too. 
Um, Umber also in that in that part of the draw could be huge. I think um, he's just had a very good run in Beijing. Place potentially City pass in round three. That's that's very winnable. And then then we sort of go back into what you said about Struff and uh, Nori and how they're like not maybe the most dangerous contenders at the moment. Um, but yeah, I think this this maybe will be where we're gonna finish. Uh, in anything else on the Shanghai draw? Anything else on the Astana Beijing that you forgot to mention? Oh well, <laughs> right now I uh, <laughs> right now I think. I think I'm quite satisfied. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm satisfied minutes, too. In 10 minutes, I will be, oh my God. But right now, <laughs> I think I am, I am okay. At least you reminded me of Astana and we chatted yeah. about Manarino, Corda, Medjedovic. That's good. Uh, honestly, I mean, I'm, I'm fine with ending it here too. My brain is a bit fried. I did the commentary today for uh, Sinner Medvedev. Then I recorded the um, Iga Carlos tennis show with Vansh. And now I'm also doing this. So I've basically been talking about tennis for like four hours today. And I think that's that's probably enough. I, I have to relax. Yeah, uh, there's yeah, a big, yeah. Da, there's you a big just... darts tournament right now. So I probably watch it until the end. Just not put on some tennis even, uh, you know, even some challengers. No, just relax until Shanghai. That's that's what I'm going to do. Yeah, I and, think um, I'm done with tennis for today, honestly. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I totally get that. And um yeah this is this is that's gonna be it as i as i said um so thank you mario thank you to all the guys in the chat sean matthew nurlan um thank you to john for starting us out uh, i have a very important job to do at the end i don't know if i will tell you what that is probably not because you know it's it's like top secret of um of talking tennis but mario knows and um should i do that mario go so i'll 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 just do uh, the very tough task that John has given me. Bye. Sports Social Podcast Network.